The Chattanooga Drive-In Show is presented by Quality Tire Pros on Cherokee Boulevard, the highest quality tires for all makes and models of vehicles, and the best service in town. Chattanooga Drive-In Show, a not-so-new-anymore concept. We're closing in on 100 shows, y'all. Very cool. Yeah, we are. Very are we really? wow. nine, nine more shows. Oh, uh, they said it would never last. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. Oh. Well, most of us said that. Oh, yeah. And it's lasted this long, 100 shows. That's better than many. There are legendary TV shows that we still see in reruns that only lasted one season. That's like <laughs> we're, 16 we're shows. We're about to enter season three. There you go. Pretty All good. Right. So here's the deal. My name is Jeff Styles with Y. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome to... Maundy Thursday? No, it's not Maundy Thursday. It's just a regular Thursday. After we have, you know, Ash Wednesday, it seems like Thursday ought to be named something. Thirsty Thursday. You can still wash your feet. It probably wouldn't be a bad idea. No, you're supposed to wash other people's feet. Jen Lambert is here. Russell Stroud is here. Brian Stone is here. Did anybody give up anything for Lynn? I, I love how religious uh, <laughs> stuff turns into a big party and, 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 and drunken... yes. Well, it's the feast. Debauchery. You, why, the feast why, would, why would the foot washing on Monday, Thursday not turn into a huge big party? It sounds like a perfect excuse for a party it to me. Depends on what you're into, you know. <laughs> I have friends in New Orleans, so I watch all their stories, and I'm like, oh, this is religious-based? Get out of here. <laughs> of course it is. Well... Of That's, course. I mean, is. I want to go to the party, but I mean, um, I'm not mad, mad about. I'm not mad about that. At the risk of sounding uh, anti-Catholic, most Catholic celebrations are like <laughs> are like that. Well, we. We we take the the entire life of Christ and basically slap a bunch of pagan symbology on it and have a party. Yes. Here's some Easter eggs. Catholicism is, is bewildering. Here you go. Go look for that. eggs, yeah. kids. That, that I don't know what that's about. I know a lot uh, of people excited about the chick uh, the not the Chick Fil A the uh, tree. the fish fillet at McDonald's is back yeah. for oh Lent. Oh my! Yeah, for Lent. <laughs> What a ridiculous! Yeah, there you know what? There you know what? I, I will give some. Somebody came up with that idea. It's like the McRib is back for fish, fish on Friday. I can't think of anything. No, so exactly. Yeah. So what? Do they, what, do they, what do they, they do that for Ramadan? They bring yeah, back, there you go. <laughs> they bring back the, the pork sandwich. But is it really pork? In celebration no. of Yom Kippur, that, we have brought that, back our pork. That sandwich. meat has never seen no, the inside of a swine. That's I not guarantee kosher, Russell. You. I know that was the joke. Thank that you to Quality made. Tire, our uh, our uh, presenting sponsor here who probably want to distance themselves sometimes from <laughs> us. Uh, and we've got the upfront wrap-up coming up. Then we're going to be talking to Cody Womp, of course. Uh, Jeff, you've made too many religious jokes. General <laughs> counsel to Sheriff Hammond, and she is running for the DA's position against Neil Pinkston. We'll be talking to her in just a little bit. Uh, 301-9229 is the number here if you want to call and give some feedback. 301-9229. I think we've definitely said some things of late that might want to might might, might make you want to feedback just a little bit. Feel free. Um, we are now got we got our heads completely wrapped around the State of the Union address, and we can just talk about a few things very quickly here. Oh, you guys watch that? Of course. Yes. No, of course I didn't. I've turned this garbage political <laughs> entertainment television off. I did not watch it. Uh, it I had was, it on in the background while I was watching The Office. The Ukrainian colors were everywhere. The Ukrainian stuff. ambassador got much love and a big hug from the first lady. Yeah, but they're not happy about what he said. Well, I mean. Wait, who's not? The Ukraine, oh, the Ukrainians so, who were some, there. So, some of them are not because they 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 clearly yeah, want, of course they want military they want intervention. More help, yeah. They want military right. intervention. 
Um, well, um, I don't because I don't want to get in a nuclear yeah, war. Yeah, say Germany, you could help. But Poland, you could help. Yeah. UK, you could help. We the, could help. We could all help, the, and we're not. The line of the night, without a doubt, was... Uh, Mr. Putin has actually done exactly the opposite of what he thought he was going to do. He's strengthened NATO and weakened Russia. Right. And and I think that's true. No, I was about to say, I think and, that's true. And that's strong. That's that, all that part of the strong. new world order plan, Jeff. Hey, I mean, he had the whole place on their feet during the first third talking about Ukraine. And they also when he said, we will not be defunding the police, Biden has never been down with that. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and even had uh, MTG and, and Lauren Bozo Bobert on their feet. We'll be talking more about that in just a little bit. Uh, real quick before I turn it over to Russell and Dave Hooker for News and Sports. Um, Brian, the news is out, down, over opening day for MLB for Major League Baseball canceled. 91 games canceled. Each team uh, cancels their first two games. Disappointing. Uh, beyond the shadow of their a doubt. Their first two series. First so two series. Excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. So I'm the sorry. first week, 90. basically, and and yeah, yeah I, I I don't have much commentary on it other than I'm not surprised, and I, I don't know what I don't know what you do here. The, um, the 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 world of sports. We have Dave, of course, who does a wonderful job. Brian keeps up with it probably more than any of the rest of us do. I keep up with it casually. A lot being said right now about ownership and what the owners should do for a city and vice versa. We're dead square in the middle of that now as the stadium debate begins truly here locally in yeah intensity. That, that's a, that's a little different because that's more of just an economic yeah. engine it, it's not really a yeah. thing that people actually care about like you know in major cities you care about sure. your team we're not like big lookouts fans we go have a fun night on the weekend or on tuesday wednesday whatever and you know the kids yay win the game nobody really cares who wins a lookouts game um when you're there yeah but but the, yeah. the, the I, I said i sided with the owners more the other day and i, I still think i do but they did create this entire theater of we're close, we're close, we're close. The, the 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 players are starting to get on our side. Oh no, they just changed their mind. The jerk it's those players, those horrible players, those it was terrible total players. Total theater, total theater. And I get why the players are like screw you, dude. All the players are on a hellbound train. Now. There's like and there's Stone Cold Steve Austin with a chair. <laughs> there, there's maybe a dozen players that'll be on Twitter just doing their own just commentary, and it's like. Yeah, these reports you're hearing are not real. They're fed to you by the owners saying that we're close. Then they're going to tell you that we changed our mind, and that's exactly what they did. They'll, Complete theater. I'll it won't be fixed anytime soon. Some of the thoughts about the local debate here in just a little bit. We'll go ahead and get things started, though. Russell Stroud has, uh, as always, some headlines for you, being followed by Dave Hooker and Hooked on Sports. Well, I'd be terrible news director Off if I didn't. Sports. Have, what'd I say? Hooked on. Set the, off the, hook. The, hook. set the hook. It's off not the set the hook. Off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> hook hook him if you got him. Coming no, come up, we do have hooked on phonics though. I brought I that back. We're going to make it part of the show here. I'm sorry. Hook or crook? Here we I go. He'll be reading Bob books out to us. <laughs> it's all good. How many times can we use hook? Oh, in in some kind of cliched way. I'll uh, find before another. you get the hook. <laughs> Go ahead, Russell. I guess I'm still on the hook. <laughs> yeah. Two cavers were rescued early yesterday morning after they went into an abandoned train tunnel at the base of Lookout Mountain and subsequently got stuck. 
Hamilton County's Cave and Cliff Rescue Team went into the cave, which was apparently being dug out by other cavers in the past, and possibly these two other individuals, uh, Gabriel Vaughn and Robbie Dobos. Both were in a crawl space roughly 300 feet deep with a squeeze. They're both in their early 20s. Cavers uh, rescuers say that they took about three hours to get the two men to safety after they were located. The two went missing at around 8 p.m. last night. Their families called 911 after they didn't return home that night. The two are now okay, but they also face charges of criminal trespass. Mm-hmm. Close to 100 people, many of Ukrainian descent, marched across the Walnut Street Bridge to Coolidge Park to hold a vigil and demonstration for peace. They sang gospel songs in Ukrainian and in English, according to the TFP. Many held signs calling for peace and for an end to war. Many of the attendees are congregants of the Ukrainian Gospel Church on Bonnie Oaks Drive. The city of Chattanooga is lining things up to take a sizable loan from the feds in order to pay for massive stormwater and sewer projects, which city representatives say are very badly needed. The city is set to apply for a loan from the EPA for $186 million to pay for wastewater infrastructure. In total, $337 million in construction is needed. Mayor Tim Kelly said in a press release, quote, These low-interest loans, which are available to us thanks to our commitment to clean water, will allow us to make much-needed improvements while maintaining low rates for Chattanooga residents. And finally, one person has been named as a person of interest after the body of a 40-year-old Nashville woman was found in the back of a South Nashville car last week. Uh, more details, including a cause of death, were released. Miss Charlie Cool was found reportedly shot to death in the back of that abandoned Dodge Charger. It's been revealed that Miss Cool was with a man named William Justin Churchill in that Charger, according to her family. Churchill, named as a person of interest, he's already in custody on an unrelated burglary charge. He allegedly admitted that he was in the Charger with Miss Cool at the time, uh, at some time in the past, though did not admit to any wrongdoing. And now, from amongst the natives of North Sentinel Island, it's Dave Hooker. Well, this would be quite an event. Dave Hooker off the hook sports. Ever thought who would make the perfect dinner guest? Well, turns out Jonathan Allen has a pretty good group that he wants to invite over. He was asked by a Twitter user what three famous people he'd like to have dinner with. Well, the Washington Commander's defensive tackle said that he would go with his granddad, Hitler, and Michael Jackson. (laughs) Boy, there's a group. I mean, what do you talk about? Unless your granddad happens to be a, I don't know, a tyrant, a mass murderer, or some sort of child pedophile. I, I, I don't know what the granddad talks about. What do you bring up in between courses? Uh, but seriously, who would you most want to have dinner with in sports, dead or alive? I, I've, I've got to say Babe Ruth ranks right up there. That would be uh, number one. I think Vince Lombardi would be another. Notice I'm going with the guys that you can't have dinner with because they're no longer uh, with us. But all kinds of great stories. How about Wilt Chamberlain, who supposedly had relations with uh, twenty to 25,000 women? Hey, there's... There's a dinner. There's uh, plenty of conversation that can be batted around. By the way, you may not know this, but uh, Wilt Chamberlain, also a fantastic racquetball player, which uh, I'm not, uh, recently got beat by an 80-year-old man. But let's not make that the topic of conversation. Let's just all sit down with our granddads, Hitler and Michael Jackson. (laughs) Goodness gracious. (laughs) <laughs> he was named the Idiot of the Month by uh, Deadspin with Sean Alvin. And uh, he might just take the year. So enjoy your dinner 
with Hitler, Michael Jackson, and your granddad, who I'm sure is a great fella, and we'll add to the conversation. Dave Hooker, all folks sports. I only skimmed Dave's stuff before we play it, and as, as we were fumbling around with different ways to say his name of, of his uh, bit, I was like, this is going to be the weirdest Dave Hooker thing you've ever heard. That's all I'll say about that. If I could have dinner with three people, it would be probably Mussolini, uh, Hitler, and maybe uh, Augusto Pinochet. It's supposed to be sports people. Oh, sports So we want to thank Captain Hook Sports. <laughs> Captain Hook, good good pull. And I was looking for another one. <laughs> it's like, what's another hook? What's another I'd, hook? I'd go with Ted Williams, uh, Sir Edmund Hillary, I'll call mountain climbing a sport. Sure. And um, Magic Johnson. Hey, you know, he's still around. I'd love to talk to him. Looking forward to the special coming out about him, as a matter of fact. Okay, let's do this upfront wrap-up brought to you by People's Home Equity. If you're in the home market, you need to get pre-approved, if at all possible, 591-9801, chat mortgage. Dot com. Bruce Dodd and Trevor Glass will take care of you. Hold your hand through that whole home searching process. Uh, I, I cannot go without mentioning the Cavers. Um, two very, very young people in the sport and hobby and lifestyle, uh, like most high adrenaline producing sports. You call it outdoors, of course, even though they're actually <laughs> in inside the closest possible spaces you can imagine. These guys literally took every wrong turn possible every time there was a choice they made the wrong one and they got as deep into that mountain as you could go before they finally stopped and i mean i i guess you could continue on and you would just end up in a place where they would never be able to find you you know they actually had to stop train traffic there right outside that particular entrance that everybody always notices and thinks hey i want to come down here one day maybe i can actually just walk through that door and walk into the lower catacombs of ruby falls the answer is no you can't. That's the reason they had to break in and dig through their own little man-made tunnel to well, get where they wanted to go. Someone who isn't me uh, has been in there before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, see, you you can do it. I'm just saying it's not easy. But they actually had so many people waiting to get in help because the caving community is like that around here. Mm-hmm. 3.45 in the morning, they had to stop train traffic there because they were up, spilled all over the place. They said uh, one quote on Channel 9 said that they were backed up all the way to Chicago. Can you imagine? No, we were, and, and, in all honesty, we talked about this uh, off the air, and I'll just say it real quick. They had to traverse about a 300-foot line where they had one ear in the water uh. and one ear in their nose they're just out the worm. as they're just worming their way through. And that's a football field. You don't think it's that far? Put yourself Ugh. in that claustrophobic space with Gosh, that half full no, of water, thank you. and it would change. Very, anyway, they're okay, thank goodness. Thank goodness yeah. 120 mile chase on Hicks and Pike ended exactly the way you thought it would, with a wreck on Dodds. Yeah, we and, talked about that yesterday. Yeah, I was going to say that's. I, I'm just. I'm tying that into the no speeding uh, crackdown that we're now uh, bragging about. Oh, and this right. is something I'll give the police department complete credit for. When they do these speeding crackdowns, they normally tell us about them. In other words, they're not sneaking up on us just trying to increase revenue by writing a bunch of citations. They're doing it in the most flamboyant and high-profile way to try to get people to slow down. Mm-hmm. You, Brian, you may remember when they used to call us in the morning and tell us where they were going to be running traps, where they're going to be shooting radar, 
because that would make people slow mm. down, which was the goal. Yeah, and then they quit I, doing that, that and was, they just started writing tickets. Disingenuous. Craig Joel, our buddy back in the day, would always come in. Oh, we're not trying to re- revenue enhance. We're trying to change the way people perceive police. And while he might be meaning that to a certain degree, stop it. It's a, they're out to make money. They're out to make money. It's what they're doing. I'm all for it, though. Well, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not I'm, for, I'm it. for it. Cracking down on the speeding around here. People are insane. I yeah. don't disagree with that, yeah. but I also don't believe the police are here to help as much as they are to revenue enhance. A little mixture of both. Before we get back to Ukraine and other things, uh, the River Park will be uh, handing out free COVID tests. So that. Uh, Facility will be open once again, not uh, doing tests, but just handing out free test kits, a thousand a day starting this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I'll try to get all that. Yep. I yep. uh, mentioned the fact that um, Bobert and uh, MTG were among those who did uh, give a few boos to President Biden oh, yeah, there during were th- the State see, of the Union address. Sorry, a little bit off topic, no, but did you see that they were thoroughly uh, chastised yes. by. Uh, not Lindsey Graham, but the other old guy, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell for for their uh, attendance at really other stuff. Yeah. It, I, I'm 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 going to bring that up a little bit later. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, I mean, interrupting a sitting president during the State of the Union address with heckling was not tolerated until Obama had Joe the Plumber, whoever that idiot from Ohio was. Scream! You lie! Oh no, no, that's a different dude. Joe the plumber was just some uh, whoever. Dude. I can't remember the congressman from that, Ohio. That name. was uh, McCain's like uh, regular guy. I'm trying to help deal, but yeah, there was a you lie in the middle of that. And, yeah. and the Democrats treated Trump like crap during his. Maybe they didn't heckle, but they they they, 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 they did were very shout over him. I mean, freedom of speech does mm. not include shout. You don't go to a Broadway show and stand up and start heckling the people on stage. I think we need more of that because I, I like watching British Parliament. I was about to say, watch Parliament. I know. Parliament's I mean, a South Park episode. <laughs> but yeah. that's, that's every week, and it's <laughs> yeah. set aside for it's it. Great. Not during the most solemn you know, address that we have, especially during a time of war. I just I think they're just classless. I disagree that it's great, but I think it's kind of funny. I, I think that it's very funny. <laughs> uh, attacks on civilian targets in the major cities in Ukraine have ramped up tremendously. I guess we all saw the footage, of course, a couple of days ago, the TV tower being hit. Yeah, um, yeah. That was as precise a surgical strike by a missile that I've ever seen in my entire life. When they say five people were hit, I was like, where, where were they? They were literally inside the tower. Uh, you could see that the tower had a staging area down toward the bottom third of it where apparently it was manned. Yeah. And not from the man, because, I mean, the, the tower stood, and and there was no damage done to the building below. It just took out the tower and the people that were in that unfortunate spot. Yeah, that was, oh, gosh, was that two days ago now? Everything yeah. sort of blended yeah, together. Yeah, it was Kharkiv. And um, interestingly, it was right next to a, a Holocaust memorial. That was, yeah, that's that one did sustain egregious. damage, and, and clearly, again, as they say, you know, the, Putin says they're going to denazi Denazify. Well, I mean, that's putting it lightly. That's the biggest. That's the biggest debate going on on the planet right now. Is what in the world is going on inside this psychopath's mind? I mean, yeah. at least you could. You didn't have to admire him. You didn't have to say. You know, you think he was smart or strong, but I mean, he he was a hell of a chess player, and he just threw the whole chessboard up in the air like a child throwing him a, a tantrum now. And he's so isolated. I think the more isolated he gets, the more panicked he gets. Yeah. And as you heard last night, if you were paying any attention, some of the comments were you don't want to back him completely into a corner where he has nothing else but the button. Right. So and, where do you stop? Uh, there's been quite a few uh, senators now. 
I, I will say this. I don't hold the word of senators in regards to war very high, in very high regard, because they're just politicians. They're not war fighters. But uh, some of them have said uh, in statements recently, I think two days ago, uh, one gentleman from, I'm going to say Wisconsin, said he was worried that uh, Putin may launch a, a low-yield nuke into an unpopulated area of Ukraine just as a show of force. We have some more information on the hyperbolic explosions and weapons that, that are being used, have been used. The what? Uh, hyperbolic. hyperbolic. The oxygen-depriving. Oh, hyperbaric. Um, hyperbaric. Hyperbaric. Hyperbaric, excuse yes. me, again. Hyperbolic uh, would mean... That would be filled with hyperbole. <laughs> Actually, how, do you, how do you know that's not uh, what I meant? And, and I will say it's, hyperbaric. It's, it's thermobaric. Thermobaric, whatever the hell it is. The well, I forgot the word depriving. Too, so. You see, <laughs> see what happens? See what happens? And literally, as I write this minute, the way they're being used would be a, a war crime. Well, of course it's a that's war right. crime. Yeah, it would that's be. Right. I mean, and the cluster bombs, as you've said, war crime. You know, so it's it's our we're past that. Is he a war criminal stage? Yes. He is. Yeah. Will the world be able to act on it? Don't know. Probably not, because uh, Russia has veto power in the United Nations Human Rights Council and the Security Council. I can be as hyperbolic as I want to be when you, I'm talking about weaponry systems. You keep on going on. You do you, don't Jeff. know anything about. You do you. All right. Um, here's how people feel about sanctions. They love them. Uh, the, the latest poll done by Amy Barnett, Reuters, Ipsos, and USA Today. Uh, what do you support? Continue diplomatic effects with Russia? 72% say yes. I don't know what the hell the other 23% are thinking. They want war, probably. I guess. Uh, would you add economic sanctions against Russia, knowing that they're going to be painful to us? 70% essentially say yes. Mm -hmm. That surprises me, that number that high. Most Americans are kind of wusses these days when it comes to a little pain on their end. Uh, use airstrikes to support the Ukrainian army. We could take all 40 miles of that armored co column out. We could do it right now. We could. We, we could do it simply, and but we would be violating our own standards and, and rules of this particular engagement yep. and all rules of engagement across the board. 34% still say yes. We could, but we really, really should not. 38% say they would like to actually send troops, boots on the ground to the Ukraine. To oh, Ukraine. gosh. So that's where America is. Sanctions, of course, will bounce back at home. Uh, I think uh, oil closed at about $96 a barrel yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 the sanctions against Russian oil and natural gas are not as tough as they might be simply because Biden doesn't want to completely eradicate the population, have them all freeze to death uh, over there. But also, we depend on you know selling some of our stuff to their people. The people are not the enemy. Right. Putin is the enemy. Mm -hmm. um, but the one thing that got some of the loudest cheers at the State of the Union address was releasing the reserves. Uh, you know, we have tremendous amounts of oil, natural gas, and reserve, and now is apparently one of those times where we will have to dip into it to try to ease the pain at the pump. That in and of itself is a little bit optimistic, uh, or think so. gives a little bit more optimism to the outlook of where they think things are going to go, uh, because they wouldn't do that if they didn't think there would be uh, a sudden halt uh, to oil production, right? Like they wouldn't release their reserves if they weren't confident there would still be production in the future. So that's good. There was a lot of mental health talk also in the State of the Union address, $700 million for training, scholarship, loan repayment for those who pursue careers and mental health and substance abuse. 
Cadis will be in Friday morning or Monday. Be Monday, Monday. Monday morning. Cadis yep. will be in Monday morning. Our new sponsors here, and we appreciate Cadis very, very much. Biden also essentially declared COVID to be over, so that was cool. Yeah, and said uh, the also the health insurance plans will be more robust. That's the word of the day, by the it way. Is the That's word the word of the, of the day. Yeah, without a doubt, more robust funding for health services that deal with mental health. So uh, lots the, of applause for The that. rest of the speech was pretty much every other state yes. of the <laughs> address yeah, I've ever heard. It really was. I was talking to a listener about that last night, and we're both like, wait, we've heard this before. It's like, uh, we're going to lower the cost of living. We need to make it more affordable to have kids. Did we they have to raise wages. Did they have plenty of people in the crowd that they would highlight that might be oh, sure. Ukrainian descent yeah. or yes. Uh, yes. mental yeah. health oh, yeah. uh, yes. struggles and yes. those yes. kinds of things? Yeah, there's always the watch yes. this i watch the coverage afterwards <laughs> i don't watch the actual show there's a, there's always I already that. know what's going to happen and then, then they're going to stand and clap every five seconds i don't have time for that no surprises in texas in the early early midterm there for the governorship greg abbott will run against beto o'rourke uh who, who, <laughs> good luck beto i was going to say good luck beto in texas but i mean he, he's you know high name recognition oh he'll get high, a good percentage profile. he won't win but he'll get a good percentage no uh, beto's not nearly as popular as i think the democrats think that he is uh, I, I don't know this well this will be the test yeah. i don't i don't trust the the democratic thinking on much right now at the top of the uh strategically the party. they've been in the toilet uh, speaking and uh, speaking of behavioral health you know volunteer behavioral health are going to be that's the entity that's going to be pairing up with Chattanooga police officers uh, as part of Tim Kelly's, Mary Kelly's mm-hmm. plan to try to deal with people who are really truly suffering mental breakdowns, right. may be violating the law in doing so, but don't show up with guns drawn when you've got somebody who's essentially going through a psychotic breakdown uh, and, and could very well see dragons around them as opposed to police officers. And uh, I applaud those efforts. Let me see your watch. Is that a Fitbit? It is an Apple Watch. Okay. Total 100% recall of Ionic watches made by Fitbit. Why? Lithium batteries. Lithium batteries. No, because they blow up. They yep. blow up on your wrist. That's a lot of fun. They said if you, if you bought an Ionic watch from Fitbit, take it off now. They literally <laughs> said that. Take it off immediately and don't put it back on. We will tell you how to get your money back or get another watch later on What's down the this? road. Oh, made in Afghanistan. Boom. I mean, that's just remarkable. And one other thing I'm just going to slide in here. I thought this was this was surprising to me. Um, we are also going to be joined uh, a little bit later on uh, by our friend Dax Turner. That's going to be next week from mm-hmm. Chattanooga Safety Products. Right. Dax, as owner of Chattanooga Safety Products, he's a sponsor, and we want to have all our sponsors in if they want to come in sometime talk about what they do. But he also is with uh, Cave and Cliff Rescue mm-hmm. and Swift Water Rescue and all kinds of you know these high energy sport rescue programs and he is stays constantly busy he was battling that fire on the w road that destroyed that century old house uh, as a matter of fact he used That's to too bad. i talked to him he he actually his house sat there before and yeah. it, he took it very personally and um, he said he lives on the w road is, does he not there is a tremendous need for volunteers at the rural volunteer fire departments it mm-hmm. used to be a matter of honor if you were in the right age group and you were in shape to be a volunteer firefighter in your community. And apparently the people who are moving in from elsewhere don't understand this part of the culture and they're hurting for people. I use that and that's that's a preview of him coming in. I think that will be next next Monday, not this coming Monday. Right. Um, but uh, pilots, 
There's a big call for pilots to unretire oh. and come back to work. There's a pilot shortage, what we don't need in the airline industry right now. And I was amazed at this. United has started their own scholarship fund because there's no federal funding for somebody who wants to go to pilot school. Cost you about a hundred thousand dollars huh. to get through training and then the you know, fifteen hundred hours that you have to have to become a commercial pilot. But they said that the pilots for these little regional airlines start off making 30K. Yeah. They top out at about 50K. That stunned me that it mm-hmm. was so little. And of course, the major airlines steal the pilots from the regional airlines whenever they can. They immediately go up to six figures. Good for them. But basically, we got a pilot shortage in America. So something we'll be hearing about, I imagine. And boy, what a field. That's what I wanted to do. That was my dream. But during the 70s, there, was, there were pools of pilots everywhere you looked. I mean, everybody wanted to go in that. It was a dream job. Well, because right. it didn't start at 30. It started much higher, and yeah. there was a lot of money to be made quickly. As I've, I've talked about in the past, my uh, Titan season ticket guy I, I split with who lives in Nashville is a commercial airline pilot. He would have all the insights to And all in those this. days, they had rock star status, too. I mean, you know, a pilot was that, yeah. that was that was a high calling. Stewardesses did too. Yeah, and they're not stewardesses. They're not anymore. stewardesses, but they were then. Sky waitresses. Um, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. Thank I think you. it's flight attendant. Flight attendant. Oh, yeah. Wait, what in the world? No, thank I'm, you. I'm, 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 what decade are you in? I'm being hyperbolic. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought yes, you were being you thermobaric. Right, I do want to say thank you to Cadis for joining us. Cadis uh, stands for Counts for Alcohol and Drug Abuse Services. Been saving lives for the past 57 years in and around the Chattanooga area. They are a full continuum of care that offers full medical detox and inpatient residential treatment options. Outpatient services include both traditional IOP and MAT services, as well as Oasis Halfway House and Family Way for early recovery transitional housing. That's a very important step. Cadis also offers sober living apartments and their curriculum as well. And I know a lot of people who've gone through that Oasis program and they have nothing but praise I for it. I do too. Nothing Very but praise successful. for it. Um, also, I just will say this as we get Cody Wampin here to settle in and be our guest for a little bit. One more little bitty piece of state news. The ACLU has gone after Governor Lee uh, and his plan to use the Hillsdale School out of Chicago, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It's up in Michigan to run the charter school process, essentially, in the state of Tennessee. And a lot of people have questions about the Christian foundation of that particular school, Hillsdale, and they are worried that every charter school would be flavored by it. And the ACLU wants Lee to release all of his personal records on that. We'll have more time to talk about that a little bit later on down the road. All right, we are joined by Cody Womp. We're going to do a deep dive here on this fine Thursday morning. Cody is general counsel for Sheriff Hammond. Is that correct? Yeah. Good morning, guys. That is correct. I'm currently counsel for the sheriff's office. Very glad to have you here. Thanks for having me. And of course, the the main reason she's here is she's also a candidate uh, for the district attorney's office running against Neil Pinkston. And uh, it has already turned into a rather exciting race. Let me let me start with the generic stuff. Um, as general counsel to the sheriff, 
What is your actual job? Because, I mean, I could see you giving wise counsel to the king, or you could be Rasputin. I don't I, That's I, a I great don't question. Know. That's a great question. First of all, thanks for having me on. I'm sure. not going to ever miss an opportunity to sit with Jeff Stiles, the oh. legend, oh. that I grew up with Shucks. in the car. I grew <laughs> up with was. you and on the school bus. You see, um, you see that sideways stab she got there she, when she was going to kindergarten? The, she was well, listening to it me. Was, <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was early on there, Big Ridge Elementary. Um, so, yeah, so... Um, in 2020, the county attorney basically came to Sheriff Hammond and said, hey, you've got too much uh, legal things going on in the office with the litigation. He you did. know, anytime, anytime a, a deputy is sued, the county attorney handles it. Um, and they said, you need to get your own lawyer. Um, and so, you know, we have 585 employees in the sheriff's office now. And imagine a business with 585 employees that didn't have counsel that's where we were at basically and so sheriff hired me basically to do everything in-house so uh it it includes way more than i even anticipated sure officer training um general criminal advising to our deputies and criminal investigations division i work a lot at the jail um doing training making sure that we are in compliance with what we need to be in compliance with i'm the supervisor over our accreditation team which is awesome um, I handle most public records requests, especially when it deals with criminal evidence, um, dash cam videos, uh, do a little bit of internal affairs, HR work when we have issues come up with uh, employees that have maybe gotten in trouble or violated policy. Uh, also, people just stop by my office all the time and ask for advice or, or talk to me about what's going on in their family life and uh, need advice there. I'm basically just in-house for whatever sheriff needs me for. and. Uh, if I, if I wanted to, it is about a 60-hour-a-week job. Well, I've got a sorry brother-in-law that owes me money. What <laughs> yeah. do you think I should do? There you go. There um, you go. Um, I, I have to. All right, before we even get into the campaign, let sure. me, here's the front page of the Times Free Press today, or actually yesterday. Sheriff Jim Hammond defends his endorsement of Hollander. Uh, of course, your brother, um, Weston Wap, is running for county mayor against Matt Hollander. And Sheriff Hammond, I'm going to ask the question, did you give him any advice before he actually endorsed Mr. Hollander? Because depending on who you listen to and how you read the rules, he violated them. And in his opinion, he said, and rightfully so, the sheriff is a constitutional office, not, you know, uh, given to have to obey the same rules that everybody else in the sheriff's department does. Did sure. you advise him on that? Um, or was that just him? Did, yeah. Jim Hammond no. will say what Jim Hammond wants well, to that, say. Well, that's a good point. Everybody uh -huh. knows that Jim Hammond, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's and he's also on his way out the door. So at this point, you know, he'll, he'll do whatever he wants to do. But the fact is, is that uh, he's correct. It is uh, absolutely appropriate and allowable that as a constitutional officer, he can endorse whoever the he wants. The sheriff himself. Sure. Um, yeah, nobody else. I can't endorse anybody as an employee of the sheriff's office. The sheriff is not an employee of the sheriff's office. He's the sheriff. And in my adult life, um, I can remember uh, Robin Smith getting the sheriff's endorsement, Bill Haggerty, Marty Haynes, Chuck Fleischman. Currently, he's endorsed at least three candidates in ongoing races. This has never been an issue. Marsha Blackburn, Mayor Coppinger. This has never been an issue. Uh, this is another candidate that is not my brother. Um, who got their feelings hurt, um, I think, Brought and, it up. and tried to bring it up. But it, he's absolutely correct. I actually handle our civil service stuff for the sheriff's office. I know it better than anybody at this point. And it just doesn't make any sense reading civil service that it would ever apply to the sheriff. In fact, the remedy for violating it. So if I endorse somebody tomorrow, uh, the remedy is dismissal from the sheriff's office. 
Well, clearly that remedy cannot apply to the sheriff. The sheriff's office does not have the authority to remove it the could. sheriff. It could. It would just. It would have quite a ripple effect. Well, immediately. yeah, it, it can. I think it's the legislature <laughs> that has to move the remove the sheriff. So it just it doesn't make sense and it doesn't apply. Well, to he him. said if you don't like it, you know, always vote him out. And people have had that opportunity before. And and he has definitely been in controversial spots before. So you could not actually endorse your brother for That's the same right. position. That's exactly right. Yeah, that, I cannot publicly um, talk about who I'm supporting. You know, I got asked, does it hurt your feelings at all that he didn't endorse your brother? Did, uh, you, did you actually have a talk with him? Sheriff, Good dude. What yeah, are you thinking? Sure. And, and every every candidate met with the sheriff. Um, and yeah, he, he knows. Sheriff knows how I feel. But here's the thing. The sheriff has, has earned the right to do what he wants and he doesn't have to explain himself. And so I respect that decision. He knows I respect that decision. I don't necessarily think it was the right one, um, but that's not for me to determine. All right. Uh, to the to the campaign. Let me go ahead and throw the other headline at you. Sure. Now, this is a repeat, but uh, the, you know, the Times Free Press struggling to survive like all newspapers they do a little wednesday thing where they take some of the news put it on the front page then it's mostly community calendar after that and the headline here district attorney general pinkston ran afoul of state nepotism laws didn't almost people don't think so he did sure and I, this was a this was a fairly easy one if you haven't seen that i'll leave that with yeah, you yeah have, i haven't um, seen that one i i i have nothing but respect for neil pinkston as a district attorney as a prosecutor I kind of liked the cold uh, cases, you know, group that he put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another question for just a little bit down the road here. Sure. But, but I clearly, like everybody else, thought, "Wow, that was an unnecessary morass to walk into maze to get lost in." You know, the heart will do what the heart wants to do. If if he's single and somebody on his staff is single, they can work out a way to have a relationship that will abide by the rules. The hiring of the brother-in-law after he fell in love with and got married to somebody who worked under him, Melidia Cluel, a well-known name in in media circles around here, also hired the brother-in-law, and that's when I said, oh my God, he is literally just cruising for a bruise in here, and he's getting it now. And clearly this has given you something to really hang your hat on. Well, and I don't intend to do that. I, I actually don't want the office to receive any more black eyes than it's already received in the last eight years, which I think are, are uh, in the dozens. In, in you my do not opinion. share the, the admiration that I have. I do it. not share the admiration. And I've sort of watched it from a front row seat because I was a public defender. I became a public defender the year Neil got elected. Um, and then I moved to the prosecutor's office in Bradley County. So I've actually been able to see another system work more efficiently in a lot of times than, than Hamilton County's system works. But when it comes to this nepotism thing, here's what it indicates to me. Our district attorney thinks he's above the law. He's thought he's above the law for, for several years when it comes to just this issue alone. And the county commission tried to give him an out in 2021. He didn't take it. Uh, he made it worse for himself. He didn't even show up to he, talk. He didn't show up. He let the news stories go on. Um, he and, and I was campaigning at some point when that was all going on. It, it started before I, I began this campaign, but I was campaigning. And the, the feelings I got around the county as I traveled around is people just didn't appreciate whether it was a violation of the law or not. People just didn't appreciate it. It just didn't feel good. Well, that's when Sheriff Hammond says that those rules don't apply to me. People's knee-jerk reaction is to not like that. They right. don't like that comment, even if it is factually correct. Maybe so. Maybe that wasn't the best way to but say I, it. But no, I'm, um, not, but I'm but saying sure, Yeah, I hear sure, what you're saying. Yeah, sure. So it just it came across. It just didn't feel good for you to pay your wife $100,000 a year. At the same time... Um, 
I don't want this to control the narrative for this campaign in the next two months. I have so many solutions. I have hours worth of things to say about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. This campaign was going well for me before this all came out last week. It does indicate to me that our district attorney doesn't care about the law or he doesn't know the law uh, equally bad, the two of those things. But uh, I really want to keep talking about how I'm going to change the office because I'm going to turn things upside down. Well, let's let's do that. And and you 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 have there's another little personal foil that you had, uh, kind of a duel going on with the uh, the, the DA when sure. he accused you of uh, witness tampering. And I don't know if you heard it. Of course, the Chattanooga Drive-In Show, the podcast that you're on right now, we we talked about it quite a bit. There was a time, only a few years ago where I wish desperately that somebody in high office had reached out to me and say, hey, I think the wrong person's been charged in this case. <laughs> it would have only been fair and accurate to have said that. And of yeah. course, that's the way the facts ended up going. And of course, I'm not going to lie about the fact, the fact that General Pinkston did realize that and ended up having all those charges against me and the incident that I found myself involved in, you know, that, that meant the world to me because it sure. meant that he actually looked into it and realized that what I was saying was the truth. The other guy was lying. Yeah. So I backed you up on what you did. Thank and, you. And, and I thought your explanation was perfectly fine, which is if I see some sort of, you know, ridiculous, you know, uh, caricature of the law taking place, I'm going to step in. And yeah. that's what you did. But then, of course, he reacted to it because of your outside influence and the position that yeah. you held. Yeah, he saw an opportunity to make it political, and he did that, and it's backfired. Um I would do the same thing if I had it to do over. And he, and here's what what you're saying is absolutely correct. It was credible evidence that came to me as the lawyer for the sheriff's office and just an attorney in this county or in this state um, that maybe the guy that was in our jail, the sheriff's office jail, was, was the not was guy. the wrong guy. I I immediately took steps to let law enforcement and the DA's office know, which is something that you know he won't talk about. But I I reached out to two you different didn't do assistant it DAs. Yeah, so, well, and it, yeah, it, that's just not how the system even works. And so, uh, yeah, I'd do it again. I'm, I'm grateful that it all ended up uh, being the right thing. Uh, it was the wrong guy. And uh, I loved watching him in court in Saudi Daisy. And the judge had to say cases are dismissed. And TBI said, yeah, it wasn't him. Uh, so it worked out. Um, but it was made political for no reason. And I hate that. But it's politics. Uh, Russell, do you have any particular questions you would like to ask Ms. Wong? Yeah, just one, uh, not necessarily a question, but a, a request for information, which I'm sure you're used to. Sure. On your uh, campaign posters, we've all seen it's got the mm -hmm. you know the thin blue line symbol on it. Yeah, cool for most people. What does that mean to you? What message are you attempting to broadcast with that as someone running for DA's office? Yeah, I've been very clear about why those signs have a blue line on them, and it is an ode to law enforcement every day of the week. You won't see my name in this campaign without that blue line behind it. One thing our district attorney has been horrible at is supporting our law enforcement officers, and that's not just my opinion. Uh, it's also the opinion of law enforcement. Hence, I got the two largest police unions endorsement, which is almost unprecedented for a non-DA candidate to come in and get the endorsement of the IBPO and the FOP uh, is really a neat thing to watch. And what it means to me um, is there's evidence on the record that our district attorney has just done a poor job of making law enforcement feel like he's got their back. Do you do you do you do you feel like that really is in the job description for that position? Absolutely. Because I, I I could see where. You know, and and Neil Pinkston is famously closed-mouthed. 
Uh, he does uh -huh. not give long answers. He's mm -hmm. not going to give you any more information than you actually dig out of him. Yeah. And I guess that can be good in a position like that. But there would be those who would say, well, there needs to be a distance. He needs to be aloof from that particular side of law enforcement. Sure. Yeah, I disagree completely. The DA is the chief law enforcement officer under the statute. His office is the chief law enforcement office in this judicial district, which just so happens to be the county. Um, they're the same. The, the DA is law enforcement. Uh, every prosecutor carries a badge. There is no difference. So to, to I've, I've been asked by other people, well, what, is, what do you say about the fact that you're just going to support police no matter what? I've told every police officer this in, this in this county. If you treat people well, I've got your back. If you treat people well, I've got your back. If you treat people well, that covers everything. That covers their constitutional right, it, rights. It, it covers how you, how you handle them on a traffic stop. So, yeah, no matter what, if, if my deputies and officers treat people well, I've got their back, and I think it's part of my role. All right. Follow up before I follow up, because I'm going to. Go ahead. The thin blue line also can be extremely negative for people, just Joe Sixpack and Jill Sixpacks out here, when we see them defending an officer who is clearly in the wrong. Now, Sheriff Hammond, in my opinion, his uh, defense of at least one of his deputies, Wilkie, was really reprehensible, in, in my opinion. And I, I'll, t I'll tell this to Jim's face. I'm, I don't have any secrets from him. We're very honest with each other. I thought he was way on the wrong side of that. And I know I didn't have all the facts, but I had enough of the facts to not stand there and just say, because he's wearing the uniform, he is in the right and I'm going to support him. So the thin blue line, it breaks there for me. You know, just having the uniform, the color of uniform, does not give you the power to act as you want to act. And I would want to make sure that you would be able to crack down on the bad actors because there's nothing worse than a bad cop. Nothing. Well, but that's not, Jeff, that's not how that worked. Um, when Daniel Wilkie did a handful of the things he did, including the baptism, which is probably the main thing you're talking about, I'm assuming. It was just a, the, a lot of, it was the most sensational. Yeah. Know. Well, what happened was the sheriff found out about policy violations and terminated Daniel Wilkie from the sheriff's office. So I, I'm not aware of any point in time where the sheriffs ever condone some of Daniel Wilkie's behavior. But let me say this, because I talk about this a lot. Whatever Daniel Wilkie did wrong or violated the sheriff's office policy, uh, there's lawsuits pending. A lot of the lawsuits have been dismissed now, which has not really been made public because we're waiting for all of them to be dismissed. I think they're going to be. Um, again, I'm not on the litigation side of the sheriff's office, but our district attorney indicted Daniel Wilkie with 44 counts. 44 counts. A bunch of those are reckless driving because the DA's office went back through his, his dash cam footage and decided in his patrol vehicle he was driving recklessly. Another one is because on a roadside search, of a person that had drugs in his bottom crack. I don't know if I can say but on You can say yes. whatever you want to say. Yes. It's a he podcast. Had drugs, he had drugs and paraphernalia in his butt crack, which was pulled out on the side of the road with multiple deputies present, is absolutely allowable. And not only that, our district attorney then prosecutes him under this 44-count indictment for rape. Daniel Wilkie has rape charges pending against him for activity that he lawfully did as a sheriff's deputy. I'm not condoning his behavior. Uh, he was he violated sheriff's office policy in, in multiple ways, and he was terminated because of that. But has he been treated fairly by the district attorney's office? No. Do you know what's happening with those 44 counts? Nothing. Our DA indicts police officers and lets the case stay pending for two and a half years. Imagine if your case stayed pending for two and a half years, Jeff. I feel, I feel it's and unacceptable. and see your passion, but I just want to make sure if you are convinced that an officer, deputy, or a police officer, any law enforcement officer in Hamilton County, which will be your district, uh, your, your territory, if they are violating 
the the letter, the spirit of the law, the spirit of the law. If they are feeling, if they're getting beyond their raising, as we used to say, <laughs> and uh, just and, and and abusing their uniform, their badge. I would hope that you would crack down on them with the same ferocity that I'm hearing out of you right now. Absolutely. Anybody in this county that violates a state statute, a state criminal statute, will be prosecuted by the district attorney's office regardless of who they are. I don't think our district attorney has done that fairly, though. But absolutely. I mean, that, that, that goes without saying. If you, if you steal as a police officer, you're going to get charged with theft just like Jeff Stiles would get charged sure. with theft. Of, of course. That's not the point. The point is if, if the district attorney goes out of his way multiple times in his first eight years of office to go after police officers, the Gatlinburg detective, Rodney Burns, Neil Pinkson tried to ruin his career. He indicted him for aggravated perjury. And what happened to that case? It was dismissed because the indictment was improper. It's time and time again of just not supporting law enforcement. He brags about an excessive force hotline that he created. That's not the role of the district attorney. He brags about creating a hotline in his own office for people to come in and complain about police officers. That is the opposite of what his role is. Whose role would that be? The if, public if, defender's office, legal aid, the NAACP. Okay. I mean, all the all the organizations that people do make complaints to, the newspaper, uh, whatever, whoever they want to reach out to. It's not the role of the chief law enforcement. The office. Chattanooga Drive and Show podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lodge your complaints with whoever, but not the DA's office. All right, now, Pinkston is 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 leaning heavily on the cold case department mm-hmm. that has been successful to some degree. And you you said you were going to, if I've got this right, and I, I may not, but you were going to do away with that and replace it with a gang task force. Yay for gang task force. But do you have to do away with the department to create one? Yeah. Um, I can certainly yeah. see the worth in it. And the families who, you know, had their, were finally able to, you know, lay their heads down on their pillows and think, all right, well, now we know what happened. Yeah. That's valuable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will get rid of the cold case unit. You can't have both. There's only limited resources in that office. There's a limited amount of money. They get a certain pot from the state and now a certain pot from the county. And you just can't have everything you want to have. Cold cases are super fun. And uh, I think that they have had success. I, I don't know if it's overwhelming success. I wouldn't agree with that. A lot of solved cold cases in the last eight years have been confessions uh, that the cold case unit then takes credit for. Um, that's just the truth. I was at a press conference where they solved a cold case, but the guy had confessed to a Texas Ranger who was serving a prison sentence in Texas, and then they brought him up here and said, hey, he confessed. Oh, so we have, to be, we have to be careful. We have to be careful about that. But, yeah, the priority of this county for the next decade has to be gang and violent crime, period. All right, now, I, and I'll ask the dumb question here because I know mm-hmm. a lot of people out there are thinking, and you've heard it already, well, the county doesn't have a gang problem. The city has a gang problem. They forget that the city is in the county. Sure. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, it, you do tend to think of it as an urban situation for the most part. But now, of course, we have white supremacist gangs. We've got yeah. them all over the place. You know, and then we got, you know, crack here. we got meth there. Um, but, I mean, it, that's, that is an assumption that a lot of people make, that the sheriff deals with the county, the city deals with the city, and they don't see gangs as being as big a problem. Yeah. Deal with that, if you would. Yeah. So, well, the city takes up a large part of the county. And when I talk about gang and violent crime, the truth is, is absolutely, it is mainly in the city limits. It's it's mainly in a six by six mile uh, geographical limit. We know that it's not. There's not much gang and violent crime in Birchwood. So yes. So when I say county, I'm, I mean a lot of the city. I've worked a lot with the city police department. I've met with major crimes. I've met with the gun team. I've met with the special victims unit, and they need help from their.
their district attorney's office. So the gang and violent crime unit would be the direct connector between the city police department and the DA's office. It will also have a dedicated prosecutor that works with those three groups, major crimes, gun team, and the gang and violent crime unit to make sure that when big cases are investigated by those groups, those organizations within the city police department, that there's a prosecutor on the other end that's going to take it and run with it in court. All right, Russell, note to self. Birchwood is wide open. <laughs> Birchwood, yes. That's when, right. when we form our gang, <laughs> that's right. Target Go number Birchwood. one, Birchwood. Well, there's little <laughs> does she know. I've been funneling guns into Birchwood. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I, I will. And I, let me say this though to the Cole case families, it is uh, it's been valuable. But let me tell you something. How do you think the seven, the families of the seven victims on Grove Street, which is still unsolved, sure. How do you think they feel about the district attorney's office focusing on cold cases? Uh, we're creating cold cases by focusing on cold cases how about we how about we put our efforts and resources to crime that's happening right now in real time they're dissatisfied across the board 100 percent uh well thank you very much for coming in i'm going to go ahead and let you just make make this has been a pitch of course and that's why you were here sure make your make your uninterrupted 30 second pitch for for cody womp for da thank you i appreciate that so the first thing i ask people to do is think about this one thing Do you feel safer now than you did eight years ago? Because our district attorney walked into office unopposed eight years ago, and we never really got to have a conversation about criminal justice. Since then, we've seen an increase in violent crime. We've also seen an increase in juvenile crime. I'm asking members of this community to think, do I feel safer now than I did eight years ago? And if you don't, the answer is pretty simple. If you want status quo, if you think things are going well, if you want criminal justice to stay the same, then don't vote for me. Because we're going to get in there and we're going to turn things upside down. We're going to change priorities. We're going to focus on violent crime. We're going to focus on child sex abuse cases. We're going to focus on heroin and fentanyl. If you sell heroin or fentanyl in this county and I'm the district attorney, you will go to prison. The law allows for that. We have a district attorney right now who is not only silent, not only has no priorities, but is not punishing violent criminals and drug dealers at the rate that he should be. Do you even have a vague memory of Gary Gerbitz and Stan Lanzo? I do. And let me tell you something. Uh, Stan Stan was like an uncle to me when I first came into the public defender's office. Gary Gerbitz, now that you mention that, this is important because my opponent talks about my experience all the time. Gary Gerbitz was 31 years old when he got elected. I'm 33. He was 31 and served this county so well for 21 years. I, I bring that up because I, I can honestly say in, in my time here, and I remember I came as a reporter in the 80s before I started doing talk radio in 92, and I've never seen a tandem of people, mm-hmm. men, women, it doesn't make any difference, want so badly to put bad guys in jail. And yeah. that is exactly what they said. We love putting bad guys in jail. And as long as they're bad guys, who's going to disagree with that? Yeah, you that's know? right. We, we have to put the baddest in jail. I, I'm not actually that tough on crime across the board. I'm tough on violent crime, drug dealing, heroin and fentanyl, and child sex abuse cases. So we're going to have to start saying we got to negotiate more on the lesser cases. we got to get people out of the jail that don't belong in the jail so that we can Thank save you. that space for murderers. Yep. Thank you very much. Yeah, a little bit of a couple of grams of pot should not uh, 100%. Be, we're be talking, we got to worry about space. heroin and fentanyl. The meth isn't even killing people. Heroin and fentanyl is killing people, and that's the bottom line. It's the number one murderer in this county. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to say goodbye to you and a uh, oh, website CodyWomp.com. Go. All my issues are on there. We've got a debate on April 4th at UTC, so follow that. April 4th debate. Here's a nice sticker for the Chattanooga Drive-In show that I'm going to give you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That's for you. Now, this one 
if you can get this on the sheriff's car, I'll give you a crisp $20 bill. <laughs> Whether he knows to, about it or doesn't know about yeah, it, doesn't make a difference not, to me. He, I'd have to do it without him knowing about it and I, ask I for say, forgiveness a later. A crisp $20 bill, Cody, and I know you're in fundraising mode. So right, thank you so much for swinging by. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. it. All right. And uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, and let Cody slide out and let Russell slide back over. And uh, we're going to get to the uh, everybody's got one in the Doug categories. And I will be extremely brief with those because that was a very good interview. Now, you, you hear, of course, I mean, there's a tremendous amount of passion there. I am a lot. A, I'm a little bit surprised that you didn't jump in there on the, the Wilkie on the victims. Yeah, it just doesn't seem worth it. It just, well, I just. I mean, I just, yeah, it, it's a, that was an important thing and and i don't i don't think he got what he deserved she apparently thinks he did well we'll see uh, yeah we, I, ju- we, I just we will see the preponderance of evidence was was overwhelming right but as she said if the if they're being dropped they're being dropped we'll see exactly how that plays out and she's also correct in the fact that that hasn't been covered she has learned well from her brother and her father. I'll oh, just yes. say that. Yeah. I didn't have a microphone before. Her, 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 and I didn't have anything to say anyway. Her, her answers though did have periods. They did actually come to a halt. Remember, <laughs> Zach answers. I could ask one question at the beginning of a twenty-minute interview, and, and, and I could leave. Yeah. I could go to Crystal no, and they, come back, <laughs> just like I've done. I, you learn what not to do, just as much what to do from your father. Uh, they were both very uh, well groomed. Everybody's think, got yeah, one. I think she's very savvy. Um, I I'm not going to give my personal opinion on much. Um, I, although I will say my personal opinion about her tactics has changed just a little bit for the better. Um, but uh, I don't really care who the DA is. Sorry. I yeah. Mean, I just I don't you know I don't I don't have a strong opinion. She's she's fiery though. That's that that comes that comes with the uh, the family. That's interesting to note too. The the Womps as a family as a rule were almost all democrats until zach actually hit the scene oh, and really? ran as a republican super hyper conservative very far right wing republican yes the most that they were they were actually they were actively involved in democrat politics well he took over and, for marilyn lloyd yeah. who was a democrat if i remember I, right absolutely Correct? yeah and and, and, and my dad hated and should, zach should, so much should have <laughs> should have won the first time that he ran but and unfortunately ms lloyd pulled a, a pretty dirty trick i don't think she did but certainly her handlers did when they found that mugshot of zach from college where he'd written a bad check and used that mugshot against him of course oh, it's yeah. all part of the public record eh, but it was kind of That's a cheap silly. shot but again yeah. see somebody reminded her that if she stayed two more years one more term she'd get more money uh in her in her you know massive golden benefits parachute package that everybody in congress gets so she decided to run again and that was pure and simple. It was just that. Well, then that. Zach took the same playbook and yes. continued to run, even though he said yes. he wouldn't as well. But yeah, exactly. Enough about the Womp family. All right, so <laughs> what's next? Here we go. Everybody's got one, and this is the editorial from the Times section of the opinion pages in our paper of record here, the Times Free Press. Uh, why should taxpayers build a new lookout stadium? I will just give you just a tad. We have a suggestion for the multimillionaires who own the lookouts and who want us to pay twice or three times for building them a new baseball stadium on the south side 
if we, city, county, and state taxpayers, put up the money for your new digs along with more donated land, then every man, woman, and child among us should get to watch all your games and eat all your hot dogs and snacks and drink all your beer and pop free forever. That's a silly... Instead, Lookout's managing owner Jason Freer apparently plans to have none or very little of his own skin or money in the game, and Major League Baseball has upped the ante with a not-so-veiled threat, build a new stadium, or we'll look elsewhere... And then it goes off the rails. The editorial does, and it starts making a comparison between a new baseball stadium and what it would do for the community and the South Chickamauga Creek Greenway, which costs $16 million, Mm -hmm. and everybody can use it, and it's free. But, I mean, the rest of the column, literally, the editorial is taken up by bragging about the Greenway. That's an odd comparison. It is. That's an odd comparison no matter how you look at it. Nobody is paying to use the Greenway. That's the positive. The negative is it's not bringing in any money. It was a, it was a, it was a one-time outflow and expenditure that will never bring anything back in unless you can actually add a, a qualifier and a multiplier to quality of life. And there's pro, yeah, pros so and cons nice. to yeah. both. It's such yeah. a nice thing. It's it, a draw, too. And it's after, after people here. seven paragraphs of bragging about the Greenway, it says, now that's a real payback to a community and not with a whole lot of taxpayer money. Right. $16 million. Yeah. Uh, kind of a lot of money. And you're talking about, again, 85 for the stadium. Anyway, that is somebody else's editorial opinion today and not mine, and I just shared it with you. The duh category, very simple. I root for Riverbend. Everybody hear me and understand. <laughs> I still root for our festival to be the best festival we can possibly get because I want to go because I'm a festival guy. I like to see live music. So clearly, Riverfront Nights, which I, you know, was chiefly really kind of linked up with, even though I worked for Riverbend just as hard, you know, I, I, there's, a, there's a special place in my heart for that series. It wasn't broken. They tried to fix it. That was a mistake, and they went back. Mm-hmm. Riverbend, of course, ran into a buzzsaw of complaints, of modern thinking, they would not change their ways. They would not get out of the box. They would not take their blinders or blinkers off. They kept doing the same old, same old, and the crowd got smaller and smaller and just plain didn't answer the questions that people had. So the new Riverbend Festival lineup, the first big ad in the paper is in today's paper. There's a new logo and a new line and a new line, and it's Chattanooga's Original Music Festival. Okay. That will be seen on I the like bottom it. of every yeah. single one of these floating guitars that you see around town. Mm-hmm. No, and then uh, they have the lineup again, and the lineup is great. It is great. But check it out. And this is the duh part. Okay. You have got to get this stuff dialed in and under control before you start releasing it to the public. Look at this. Buy now. Listen now. These are supposed to be URL codes. They are. Oh, they QR are codes. blank Q- QR, QR codes. QR codes. QR codes. <laughs> They're blank boxes. You're supposed to be able to scan them with your phone. Yeah, right. that's that's that. The buy now. This this was this yeah. this is a half page ad how with color. That, how did that Someone happen? Someone missed it. Three colors and a half page ad. That that's, defeats that's, the whole. That's purpose. a lot well, of money. They'll be getting a make good. That's I, all. I, they, see, you've worked <laughs> in the media. You understand. They'll get a make good unless unless. But that's a big. It's deal. completely their fault if they send it over there and said, "Yeah, run it the way it is with yeah. empty boxes." But at the end of this great lineup, <laughs> here's where you actually. This is the call to action. 
in advertising, but, there's a right, call to but action. But the, lay, the layout artist would have noticed this. Don't and, you think? And probably would have questioned it, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to advertise and say, buy now, listen now, put something in there to buy and listen. <laughs> no, the white box too. is part of the design. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, yes. get, we'll, we'll, we'll get everybody talking, you know, with these mystery boxes. Oh, good heavens. I, all right. I'm not going to say anything too negative, but on their website, they've got they're doing that hyper stylized like ooh look we're using fewer letters now uh-huh. uh, they've got rvr what slash is it? bnd yeah, yeah. yeah why what the hell is why? that why it's trendy there's it thought is. that was a good idea cares it's, it's trendy yeah. i mean just put the name of it up there you got plenty of room they didn't they weren't having to save room there well the good it's news creating is creating a branding kind of thing just right. fa- just font it up there the people, <laughs> just people font buy, it up there <laughs> people buy posters they the, buy they buy fest posters yes they do the and, good news and, is and t-shirts the good news is the logo is huge go to riverbend.com slash tickets you actually can buy you can you can't do it anyway that's 95 bucks for three days a brief and very small little snick for the duh category today brought to you by Shannon they're, they're looking for um for volunteers by the way of course they are and you'll get a free wristband for the three days if you it's if, already if, the day before the festival right now inside applications wherever their office is and whoever's actually inside the organization it's it's tomorrow the festival <laughs> is tomorrow for them oh. and yeah uh, you know what i'm saying yeah, this yeah. that's the way it looks to them so what are you doing what are you doing Thank you so much for listening to the Chattanooga Drive-In Show today. We appreciate Cody Watt swinging by. I've got a big zip for what are you I doing today. I have one thing, and I, and, I, and I believe we talked about it already a couple of days ago. Rock the Riverfront is Friday, March 4th uh, through Sunday. Oh, and Sunday, April 3rd. Or is it through? Are they doing it, it every yeah. weekend? Yes, oh, yes. Okay. Uh, I think it's from, all week. Okay. Yeah. I think it's just it just it, it, this the open. The event is but they're free. Gonna have, uh, they're going to have bands out there inter- yep. intermittently. Interactive art installations where you can rock back. Oh, that's right. The seesaws. Yeah. Okay. So that's happening starting um, Friday. And um, I, I, I don't know how open to the public the memorial service for Shannon is on Saturday at St. Luke's. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling that uh, if if you knew Shannon and you know the Fullers, you know Dixie, and you want to come by and pay your respects, nobody is going to turn you away. I don't think so. And and they're, they are requesting that you wear purple in her honor, which she would have loved. There you go. Chattanooga Drive-In Show, the Tri-State Region's Drive-In Theater of the Mind, featuring moi, Jeff Stiles, the communicator, for 30-plus years. You heard Cody say it. I've got a whole generations of people that came up kindergarten through 12th grade listening to she me. She heard Weston say <laughs> something similar, so she repeated it. It's fine. And Brian oh, Stone, the, the, the unbeliever, and Dave Hooker, and Russell Stratton. Zach's and like, Lambert. be sure you told him you listened on the bus on the way to school. <laughs> At Quality Tire Pros, we look forward to keeping you on the road in 2022. If your ride is running as rough as the past two years have been, stop in today. Let us check it out. For a quality ride and one you can count on, we carry great tire brands like Michelin. No matter what you drive or where you've driven, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Quality Tire Pros on Cherokee Boulevard. And let me real quick before you sure. start, Jen. Yeah. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I am actually a fan of the Womp family these yeah. days. Oh, no. I'm well, just I trying to be your, funny. We hear it in your, your voice. I'm we kidding, hear, not kidding. Yeah. We hear in your voice. No, you, just saying. Hey, buddy. If by the chance the Womps yeah. actually listen to this. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Call Hoka. Being a, being a truth teller. 
you know, it's it's not an easy gig, yeah, as you know, right. as you know. And you got because I don't know Cody. You got you got to skewer Cody. the people that you that you know and like sometimes too. You know, just to be fair. Well, if it makes you feel any older, Jeff, uh, my dad used to listen to you on the car when I was also in elementary school, yeah. um, and he would get really mad and turn off the radio. It doesn't make me feel any older. It just <laughs> makes me proud. It makes me proud to know that I elicited a response in somebody. That's nice. All right, Pimp's corner. Pimp Jen has her corner. And I this just have it. a few things. Um, uh, Olena Zelenska, she is um, the first lady in the Ukraine, is absolutely stunning. I don't know if you've seen the the stories that have come out about her. What's the mm. effective range just of stunning? I just wanted to say she's she's really a beautiful person. That's seven, all. seven and a half to nine point two. Would you say that? Yeah. All right. Um, also, uh, you know, I'm late to the party. I'm watching. Um, I'm watching. Uh, what's the show I'm watching? Game of Thrones. Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Game you. of Thrones. The greatest television I ever produced. I thought that was a joke. No. The greatest television no. ever produced. Yeah, yes. I think. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. I'm watching Seinfeld. I love Peter Dinklage, <laughs> but yes. I think I think he's completely overacting in this. Oh, he is, but I oh, think he, it's on purpose. He chews the scenery. Are you kidding me? He yeah. chews it. He steals every scene he's in. Every scene. He does, and that's but not it's a easy with that cast. His accent, his fake accent. His fake accent, yeah. No, I think that it's I think that his character is putting it on, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because he's a little dude, yeah. he has to be bigger than life. He had okay. to be. He had to be filled with confidence. What are we talking about the the, the yeah. little person yeah, guy? Little guy. Yeah. Oh, I think that guy's fantastic. I think that oh. show sucks, but yeah. that, that guy No, great. I think he's fantastic in everything except parts of this. Have you already have you later. already developed a girl crush on Khaleesi at this point? I Everybody loves Khaleesi. I developed that crush in the second scene. Okay, I mean, all right, there you on. go. I was going to say, everybody does. You can't help it. She's, she's, I always, uh, she's awesome. lovely. I yeah. had a guy crush on Jorah Mormon. I thought he was freaking awesome, but I, did, I yeah. did not like Khaleesi I'm at all. I'm pissed that Jason Momoa is only in the first season. What now, is that about? Is, 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 is Jor- <laughs> was he also known as the Onion Soldier? No, that's well, that, a different that was guy. a different guy. Okay, there, there were the, those two characters were, were together in my mind. I'm sorry, okay. we're all Game of Thrones. Now, we're all getting all got. That's all right. All it's right. A, it's been over for like very three quickly, years. Very Thank quickly. Very quickly. Thank God. <laughs> uh, the Munich Symphony conductor uh, is fired for supporting Putin. Big surprise there. Yeah. Yeah, what? That's weird. Yeah. Munich Symphony Orchestra conductor yeah, is but fired. I'm just surprised that someone for from. supporting Putin. No, I, I understand, but I'm just surprised someone from Munich would be a Putin supporter. He's probably from Russia. Oh. Whatever. Um, a bulldog gives birth to a green puppy. Green? Yeah. A family in Canada found their bulldog had given birth to a litter of eight, and one of them came out with green fur. That is highly unusual. That's weird, yeah. The the vet says it's unusual. It's super rare. It happens when the fur comes in contact with stomach bile and uh, in the womb, and... The color will eventually fade, but yeah, oh. I can't, the, the the puppy came out completely. Thing one and thing two. Vivid, the, uh, vivid green. The puppy also they want to <laughs> they want to name him Wasabi, which I think is really cute. <laughs> the puppy also has uh, thick rimmed glasses and a septum ring. <laughs> um, Actually, can I add something to your corner? Sure. Uh, very quickly, this is just a little aside here. I didn't know where to stick it. Uh, Pope, <laughs> I could tell you where. Pope Francis raised eyebrows Tuesday. <laughs> When he revamped the Vatican's family leave policy with a new benefit, giving dads three days of paid paternity leave. Moms get three days, six months <laughs> of paid maternity leave and another five months of unpaid leave 
if they work for the Vatican. Dads have never gotten diddly squat, so three days of paid paternity what leave. What if it's two dads? Thought, <laughs> in the Vatican? I, in the Vatican? I'm not sure that that's, that's going to be happening anytime soon. No, that's never going to happen. All right. But I just thought, you know, I, 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 I guess you're, I think you're wrong. I think eventually it will. Uh, maybe eventually There'll be a massive schism if that happens. Yeah. And then, Brian, this is for you. TikTok is extending their video length to 10 minutes. Oh, God. Stop. <laughs> Don't ruin a good thing. I, I've already had one the sent to me. The three minutes is already driving me crazy. I've already had one sent to me. Somebody already They're sent funny. me one. And, no. and I mean, I, I generally look at what people take the time to send me if they actually have my number. And usually the videos are extremely short. Yeah. Sometimes I'm not I'm certainly not into it the way most people are. Every once in a while, I'll share one with you guys. But I got one yesterday that was two and a half minutes long. Yeah. And it was about a dog that went paragliding with his master. So I was interested. <laughs> so I watched the whole thing. So now I, I he racked me up as a hit. Just so in, in case anybody, I didn't like it or anything. I just looked at it. In case sure. anybody cares, which they probably don't. <laughs> To graduate to do these longer videos, you have to have a very big footprint. Okay. You and me can't just sign up to TikTok and do ten minute videos. You, you got to be an influencer. You have to you, basically yes, you have to be an influencer. That doesn't make it good or make the the, the platform better. Right. That's just my thoughts on it. Anyway. It's like so. on YouTube back in the day, you had to be a YouTube director to upload more than uh, ten minutes. Back in like I did know there were some restrictions, but I yeah, yeah. these days those are long gone. Yep. All right. And Russell the Love Muscle, Russell Stroud, gets to flex his muscle every day, just like Tim gets her corner. And here you are. Here comes the flex. Watch huh? it. Watch it. What? Look at those pecs. <laughs> All right. So uh, I want to talk about uh, signals intelligence and a little bit about what signals intelligence is and a little bit about what signals counterintelligence is. And then we'll talk about uh, something really funny and also really gruesome that happened. Okay. But first... Uh, Jason Armstrong, of course, is the owner of American Exotic Guitars, the true definition of local artist, musician, and craftsman. American Exotic Guitars providing the highest and in quality handcrafted, completely custom-made instruments. They're very stunning. They feature premium components, solid body construction using both traditional tone woods and American Exotics, such as Osage Orange, Acacia Koa, Black Walnut, Honey Locust, Sassafras, and Persimmon. American Exotic Guitars believes the comfort and beauty of their instruments are inextricably entwined. The guitars look, perform, and feel amazing to play. Uh, find them online, AmericanExoticGuitars.com. They're also on Facebook and on Instagram, or you can reach Jason directly at AmericanExoticGuitars at gmail.com. <gasps> All right, so Shadow Break Intelligence is an independent intelligence agency based out of London. They handle a couple of different fields, but mostly it's independent intelligence gathering uh, for a... Uh, Paragovernment, uh, paragovernment resources. So that would be like a private company wants um, satellite intel on a particular location so that they can determine how to build a factory without having to send scouts out to that location. It saves them a lot of money. Well, Shadowbreak also deals with journalists who are looking for satellite information on war zones. They've been really active uh, monitoring Syria. And with the amount of satellites uh, and satellite imagery that's available today, um, you can get reasonably inexpensive, almost real-time satellite imagery of pretty much anywhere in the world. So obviously, Ukraine has been a huge focus. Well, Shadowbreak does more than just that. They also work with uh, signals intelligence, uh, which is to say anything that emits a signal. So cell phones, computers, radio. Uh, so now we're starting to get to somewhere that's near and mm -hmm. dear to all of us is radio. Well, they released a huge amount of information regarding Russian radio frequencies. 
As it turns out, Russian radio technology apparently is far, far, far behind the modern standard, at least the NATO standard. They're using analog radios, which are readily available to the public on completely unencrypted signals, which is to say anyone with a ham radio could listen to Russian radio chatter. They're real-time military chatter. That's kind of a big deal. So Shatterbreak and other independent intel agencies and analysts have released some of the clips of radio broadcasts where Russian troops are desperately trying to reach their commanders while Ukrainian ham radio operators are jamming them and berating them, telling them that them and their friends are already dead, you know, all that kind of thing, uh, messing with their heads and making it so that they can't communicate back with their commanders. So they're, you know, stuck in a foxhole getting shot at. They're asking for air support and they can't get it because some dude in an uh, apartment somewhere is jamming their signal with his ham radio. Uh, another anecdote, there was a video recently released of a group of Ukrainian civilians walking up to Russian troops occupying a city square. They pull out their phones, they hold up their phones to them, and show them photos of dead Russian soldiers and ask them if they know any of them. So the psychological warfare is really, that's, really ramping up. That's intense. Yeah, uh, the psychological warfare is becoming quite intense on the side of the Ukrainians. Now, it's a double-edged sword because the Russians can do equally bad things to the Ukrainians and you don't want to make your occupiers angry. But on the other hand, it does feel pretty good if you're the one being occupied. And Russian when logistics. you're fighting back, you do. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, uh, Russian logistics. So we talked about yesterday that long, 40-mile-long column of troops and, and armor vehicles that are headed towards Kiev. And that's what everyone... Uh, really thinks it's going to sort of be the, the beginning of the end for the city uh, when that column reaches the, the main capital of uh, Ukraine. Well, lo Russian logistics appear to have hit a bit of a snag with several reports indicating that a massive convoy of armored troops are having communications issues and issues with supplies, including yeah, gasoline. they're running out of food. Too. Yeah, gasoline and food. So we've seen a lot of pictures of seemingly completely undamaged, pristine armored troop carriers abandoned in woods or in a field, the doors all open, no R one around to Russian be seen. Russian troops, as they come into the city, are invading the supermarkets and the stores and right. taking all the food because they're hungry. Right. That's the other thing is that they've been caught looting on cameras, especially in Kharkiv, which is uh, near to Crimea. Uh, almost as soon as the city was effectively taken, they started raiding supermarkets to take food, not something you normally see from an occupying force. Uh, after the war, we'll probably see more accurate numbers of desertion rates among Russian troops, but I imagine the numbers are going to be quite high uh, because, quite simply, there's a lot of Russian speakers in Ukraine. It wouldn't be terribly difficult to change out of your uniform into uh, civilian clothing and blend in with everyone else. It, it wouldn't be difficult. That's like if uh, one American state invaded another. We speak the same language, so it would be easy to blend in and desert. Now, Ukrainian and Russian, again, are two different languages, but there's a very sizable Russian-speaking population uh, in Ukraine. So that's all I got. I hope that's a little bit interesting to somebody. It is interesting. Um, mountains looking at each other, and I will be very brief here because we are running out of time. And I mentioned this the other day, and let me go ahead and just kind of complete that thought. His name was Gail Seymour Halverson. He was 104 years old when he died. He was either Uncle Wing Waggler or Uncle Wiggly Wings or the Berlin Candy Bomber. Gained fame for dropping candy to German children during the Berlin airlift from 48 to 49. The man's career was remarkable. Grew up in rural Utah, always had a desire to fly. Got his private pilot's license in 41, joined the Civil Air Patrol which we have a lot of people around here who were part of that. I was. Uh, joined the United States Army Air Forces in 42, was assigned to Germany, and basically had this idea that he referred to 
as Operation Vittles. The entire Berlin airlift grabbed a hold of it, and that's where it really began, dropping food behind the enemy lines to the people that we were trying to help, uh, the Germans that had been, you know, uh, ensconced and surrounded by, you know, uh, uh, alien forces, Mm. uh, hostile forces, I guess I should say. But he took it a step further and decided to start dropping candy with little miniature parachutes to the city's residents. So they literally weren't just throwing M&Ms out the the cargo door. They were attaching small, tiny parachutes. Now, y'all, do you even, are y'all old enough to remember the soldiers you used yes. to play with yeah. that had Throw the parachutes, the parachute didn't work where the damn. It didn't. Never, not <laughs> one time did one of those parachutes ever float a soldier gently. Those soldiers died miserably when they hit the ground. They <laughs> augured in. But this guy basically had an entire village of people that constructed these little parachutes. He would drop the candy and he would come in and he called it little vittles at this point since they'd stolen his idea. And he came in and he would wag his wings back and forth so the kids knew it was safe to come out. Nowadays, of course, we've seen terrorists use this same sort of technique to kill children, to drop bombs, and they'll run out there to see what it is and pick it up and they go off in their hands. But that's not what this guy did. He did this for years and became a national hero of Germany and America, dropped 23 tons of candy to the kids of Berlin, and ended up leaving and becoming the Air Force commander over all of Europe. You talk about winning the hearts and minds of people. That's insane. That went a long way toward doing it. This guy, he continued to emulate his old airdrops up until he was 101 years old. Wow. He would take the controls of the plane and would fly in and wiggle his wings. So to Gail Halverson, thank you for living the life that you did. What a guy. What a dude. You got any regional roundup? Save those for tomorrow. I can do it. I can do it. I got some some rants. I got plenty of stuff we can do that with. Top of the pops, really. We can almost just skid over that too. I'll say thank you to the Tennessee American Water Company, been supplying safe drinking water and cleaning water since 1887 to our community, and also the Sports Barn with three locations in our town since 1979. And thanks again to all of our sponsors and listeners. I've got a little bit of an editorial slant on the Erlanger situation. The Times side of the opinion department, editorial department of the paper, still really questioning Erlanger's moves. And I'm going to again question to a degree the wording of this editorial. And the free press side, they seem to feel pretty much the same way. There's a lot of questions about Erlanger going into this nonprofit status hmm. and not taking public money. And people really don't know what to make of it other than the fact that they seem to be on a train speeding in that direction. And I don't know that there's going to be a whole lot of people stand up and try to stop them, but we can save that for tomorrow as well. Uh, we've had a very busy week, and, it, and it's not going to get unbusy anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, we've got Cadis in on Monday and uh, another guest. I don't even know who is coming in from, from there. Do from we Cadis? know? Yes. Knox Farmer. Knox Farmer. Looking forward to that. I wonder what um, his ancestors did. I, I am just going to say this. I mentioned this once before. There's a bunch of news. If you want to look into it, feel free about the age of the dinosaurs and when it ended. They now believe they actually have pretty much the moment and the season when the asteroid hit that took out the dinosaurs. They are 100% sure 
this group of scientists working in Utah and in the Yucatan Peninsula, the Utah up again, that it happened in the spring of the year. It's intriguing how they figured this out by the fossil record because of why, how animals, the stage they were in at the time they were killed and fossilized. Hmm. It's really, a, it's, it's an amazing thing. And I mentioned this the other day, the, I didn't mention his name, the Thapungaka shawl. The Thapungaka shawl. This is the thing I was talking about, the pelican with oh, massive yeah. bat wings oh, yeah. and jaws like an alligator gar filled with teeth <laughs> that would have taken your head completely off of your shoulders back in the day. So if you're looking for new nightmare material, look up a picture of this thing yeah. and uh, and be afraid, be no, very afraid. Be, I saw a be, video of O.J. Simpson saying that it must feel horrible to be Vladimir Putin because um, he's the most hated man in the world. <laughs> and speaking from experience, he he, he can actually that torch. Yeah, he, he can he can just he knows that better than anybody. We've all got our detractors, but very few of us have had that many detractors at the same time. Well, did you see the slow car chase where Vladimir Putin was in the white and Mata? the white Bronco? Yeah, I was gonna say the white Yugo, <laughs> his friend, the football player. <laughs> the striker I didn't was do driving it. <laughs> you can't prove I did anything. Okay, thank you to Cody Wan for swinging by. Thanks to all you folks for listening. Continue to spread the word of the Chattanooga Drive-In Show. Approaching 100 shows. Yes. Unbelievable. Well, we, we rock. <laughs>